This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everyone, welcome to Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly. Very excited about today's program. I have with me somebody that I think many of you will know, but first I'm going to start with an introduction to the program before I go there. With the hustle and bustle of today's world and the demands on most of us at home and at work, the idea of being more productive and getting things done in a more efficient manner has become a popular subject of many books, blogs, and TV shows. Some people call it life hacking. For example, author David Allen's Getting Things Done or GTD series of books has become the basis for a near cult-like following for many in the business world. And a new TV show that recently started called Trial by Fire with Tim Ferriss, who is the author of The 4-Hour Workweek, has become very popular. My guest today is Leo Bobota. He's one of the fathers of the internet-based side of the personal productivity movement. He's the lead blogger and founder of zenhabits.net, a blog that has over 80,000 regular readers, putting it in the upper echelons of personal web blogs. Now, Leo isn't your typical blogger nor your typical productivity guru. Despite being one of the top bloggers on the internet, he remains ever humble about his status as an internet blogging legend. When we asked him for a bio, he told us that he really had no formal qualifications. He says he's just a regular guy, a father of six, a husband, a worker, and a freelance writer and blogger. But he says he's accomplished a lot over the last year, failed at times, and along the way has learned quite a bit. His past accomplishments, which he regularly shares with his Zen Habits readership, have included quitting smoking, becoming a marathon runner and triathlete, becoming more organized, eating healthier via a vegetarian diet, doubling his income, writing a novel, getting control of his finances, eliminating all of his debt, and creating a generally a simpler and happier life for himself. So Leo, with that, I want to welcome you to Green Talk Radio. Well, thanks, Sean. Uh, thanks for having me on here. Well, it's my pleasure. And I've been a big fan of your blog and a reader for quite some time. And it's very inspiring. I, I, um, I study the martial arts. And I, though I'm not a, study, a student of Zen, there's a lot of Zen influence in the style of martial arts I study. And I have a real appreciation for it. And I love the way that you've really fused the ideas of, of simple living with personal productivity. Um, so I first want to just applaud you for your success and congratulate you there. Uh, with everything you've done. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Oh yeah. I've definitely been thrilled with, uh, my, my success. I mean, basically because, uh, I have such a highly encouraging readership and, and it's just been a joy to write for Zen habits and share things with people and, and have this, uh, kind of, you know, really supportive community there. And it's just a lot of fun. It's, it's one of those blogs where you, you'll read the comments and get as much from the comments as you do from the blog commentary, and that does say a lot about your readership as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I learn more from them than they do from me, even if they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how any good website or blog uh, is. Well, tell, tell us the story of how, how did uh, Zen Habits start? Why well, did you start um, well, the, the, I started in January 2007, um, and the year previous to that, I had been undergoing a series of... Uh, transformations in my life. Um, and like you mentioned, I, I went through, I changed a number of habits, starting with uh, quitting smoking. And um, 
that was the breakthrough for me because I had failed my quitting smoking for a uh, you know, number of times, maybe seven times I had failed. And the, the last time I did it, I um, learned a lot about changing habits and I was successful. And I used those principles that I changed, you know, I used to change that habit to change other habits one at a time. And uh, it was just amazing to me how I could, you know, continue to change habits, things that I had tried for years to do. Um, you know, now with these principles, I was able to do it. And so I was a blog reader. I read things like uh, lifehacker.com and get rich slowly for finance, personal finances. And, and so I thought, you know, maybe I should try this and share what I've learned um, and what I'm still learning with uh, other people and see if, you know, they're interested in it. And maybe I could start a conversation about this stuff. And so I did. I started Zen Habits. Um, and quickly, it really took off. Uh, there was a lot of people who were really enthusiastic about the things that I was sharing. And um, it became, within a matter of months, really, uh, one of the top blogs in my, my uh, personal productivity niche. So, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Now, tell us, some, what were some of the tidbits of the secrets or nuggets of wisdom that uh, helped you overcome the quitting smoking when you had had so many challenges in the past doing it? Well, um, I wouldn't say there are secrets. There are things that uh, you know have been around for years, but I was just able to put together. Um, I tried a whole bunch of different strategies, uh, and I figured out which ones worked. And so I was able to put together just a series of things that really worked. And one thing is, first of all, um, you just focus on one thing. And so I focus my energies completely on quitting smoking. And, um, you know, I had other things that were going on, but I said, you know what, I'm going to put all that aside and really focus on this changing this one habit and trying to trying to do it for at least 30 days. You know, even if it's tough and I have all these urges and I feel like quitting, 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 um, I was going to stick with it for 30 days and see if I can create that habit. So that was one thing is just really focusing your energy on one thing. Um, another thing is having the uh, motivation um, I knew I was doing it to, for my uh, wife and children. Uh, I told, I promised them that I would uh, quit smoking, and so I did it. Um, I went on an online forum and uh, had so, that support from other people who were doing the same thing, and so that motivated me. Um, I learned about triggers uh, for your habits. Uh, every habit that you have is triggered by something. Uh, for smoking, there's a number of triggers, but any habit, there's triggers, whether it's a negative habit or a positive one. And so you figure out what those triggers are and you replace the negative habit with a positive habit for those triggers. For example, when I wake up in the morning, I used to smoke and now I, um, I run. So <laughs> I replaced, I, for that trigger, waking up early in the morning or waking up in the morning, instead of going and smoking for the first thing in the morning, I would go out and, and do my run. And I still do that most of the time. So um, replacing those negative habits with positive habits for those triggers is, is really important. And there's, there are some other things, and I share them on Zen Habits. And also in um, a book that I have coming out um, on December 30th, uh, which is called The Power of Less, it talks a lot about changing habits. Very cool. Now that's uh, that's fascinating. Um, a lot of people don't also realize that you're actually not in the mainland U.S. or or even in Hawaii. I think some people think that, that you're actually on the island of Guam. Is that correct? That's right. Um, an island of 160,000 people. 
Um, we're it's very tropical here, um, but we're a U.S. territory, and so we have all the. I mean, we pretty much have an American lifestyle here in the tropics, so <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's a, a lot like Hawaii, actually, but on a smaller scale. And so for me, I have all the conveniences of modern technology. I have broadband internet and, you know, uh, air-conditioned houses and all that stuff. But uh, at the same time, Guam is uh, got a lot of, uh, you know, traditional islander lifestyle, which is um, pretty laid back and, and simplified. And so it's kind of, my life is kind of a, a mixture of those two things. So, it's, yeah, I really like living here in Guam. Now, do you feel that the principles and that that, that pace of life that you've uh, that you're living around is what drives those principles? Is it possible for people living in the hustle bustle of whether it's you know mainland U.S. or Europe or anywhere else for that matter to be able to achieve these things, or is that a is that a futile uh, uh, attempt? <laughs> no, no, definitely. Uh, well, first of all, I mean, just living here in Guam doesn't uh, make you live a slower paced lifestyle. There's um, and most of the people here are, you know, they have full, you know, eight to five jobs. And so they're, um, they have just as hectic lifestyles as people living in bigger cities. I mean, we have maybe more of a rural um, setting, but the actual workplaces are, are just the same as anywhere else. Um, they work for corporations and government and military and all of that. So that's all here. Um, so uh, for me, I had a government job. Um, and at the same time, I was freelancing as a journalist while, while I was doing these things. And so I learned how to really focus um, and simplify and, um, and live a slower lifestyle within the context of having basically two jobs um, and, and raising six children. So I think anyone can do it. If I can do it, I think anyone can. I, I know some jobs are, are more difficult than others in terms of you know, what you can control. But um, basically, for me, it's, it's just making the decision to make time for what's really important to you. Um, and that's the starting point. And then from there on, you know, you can start to simplify your life no matter what your lifestyle is. And how do people shut out? And I know this kind of relates to the monkey mind where there's all these things going on and you're distracted, whether it's externally or even just internally with the million things that, for example, you need to get done and, and just sort of slowing the world down and doing one thing at a time. Is it, is it really, um, is that really part of the, the secret here is just sort of shutting that monkey mind off and being able to have the discipline to just focus on, as you said earlier, one thing at a time? Well, um, I don't really believe in discipline, actually. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, people kind of say, oh, you're so disciplined. I wish I could be as disciplined as you. And, and I think that's a little bit of a myth because a lot of times people say, oh, I don't have discipline, so I can't, I can't do this. And, and I, I, can't, I don't have the discipline to shut out everything and, and uh, just you know, clear away all the distractions and, and not have all these thoughts going on in my head. And you know, no one has that discipline except for maybe you know, Zen masters who've been practicing it for years. But um, so instead of discipline, what I what I look at is changing habits and, and finding motivation for doing that. And so I, I've changed my habits, um, you know, it re related to what you're, you're asking about. But uh, I don't feel that I'm especially disciplined, you know, more than anyone else. And I, I don't think that you have to be. Um, I think basically what you want to do is like I said, start with the essentials 
figure out what's really important to you, what you want most in your life, what you're passionate about, what you, who you love, and make time for that. And that means simplifying your schedule usually, meaning uh, figuring out what's the essentials and then eliminating the non-essentials. Uh, and that, that takes, I mean, that's not easy. You don't do that overnight. But once you start to make room in your life for what's important, um, make room in your life for, for spending time alone as well um, and, and having that you know, peaceful, quiet time, uh, you're, you start to have less of that uh, busyness in your head. And, um, you know, and, and focusing on one thing at a time, that also is a habit. And it's something that you can learn over time with practice. Uh, it's, it's not going to happen right away just by shutting out all your thoughts because no one can do that. But I mean, you know, if you practice, uh, you know, let's say I'm going to write a report right now and I shut off my email, uh, clear away my browser, uh, maybe clear off my desk of all the, the clutter so that I don't have that distraction. I maybe, um, you know, shut the door or put on some headphones so I don't hear anybody around me. And so that way you clear away the distractions and you just try and focus on writing that report for as long as possible. And at first it's hard because you want to go check your email or you want to go, you know, uh, you know, research something on, online and then that'll lead to three hours of reading online. <laughs> yes, you know, so, Guilt, guilty as charged. Yeah, well, all of us are, I think, and I'm no exception. But I mean, it, it's hard at first, but, you know, with practice, you start to learn that you can actually focus on something um, for a long period of time. And, and once you learn to do that, you kind of lose yourself in that task. And it's something um, that psychologists call flow. And once you get into that state of flow where you just kind of lose track of the world around you, the world just kind of melts away, you lose track of time, and you're just totally immersed in this task. I mean, it's one of the greatest things you, know, you could do um, you know, in terms of uh, making yourself happier, less stressed out, and more productive. And so that's, that's something that isn't going to happen right away, but it comes with practice, and I think it's, been, it's really great. Now, isn't the I'm curious about this is a specific question, but isn't the internet by nature sort of conducive to that kind of distraction and hyperlinking off to you know one article and then another, and then that brings you down this other rabbit hole? And how how do people, and especially people that are maybe writing and researching on the internet, avoid that when it's a necessary evil? Yeah, no, that's I mean it's a necessary evil. It's also the brilliance of the internet and the curse of it at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I. There's nothing greater, I think, than than being able to find out about anything you want at any second. So, I mean, just the uh, experience of, of browsing is, I think, something that's wonderful. But, you know, like you said, it's um, it, it, it's uh, a whole world of distractions out there. And so, yeah, I mean, while I, I let myself browse and, and get distracted all the time, when I need to focus... I try and shut everything down. I, I close my browser or at least close all the extra tabs on there. Um, and, and so I just have the one tab that I, or let's say I'm writing a post for Zen Habits. I close, close everything else down. Um, I turn off my email notification and, and I am uh, instant messaging. And um, yeah, I mean, if you, if you let yourself, internet can be very distracting. A lot of times I actually disconnect or uh, at least just cl- quit the browser and just open a text file and just write there or, or whatever it is that you normally work with. A lot of times you don't need the internet to do that. Um, and so I think you, know, you have to kind of 
fire wall the time that you you want to spend doing some you know working on a task and so you know if you there's time for internet and then there's time for working on this task and you can't do both at the same time so that's that's basically my strategy. Well, I think that's a good one, and I'm going to have to be more sympathetic with my editors too, because I know one of them is a, a reader and devotee of your blog, and uh, she disappears for entire days at a time when she's working. <laughs> so I, I had you to blame before for her uh, non-presence on IM, but I, I understand her better now, so I, I appreciate that explanation. So uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. My guest today is Leo Babota. He's a simple living and productivity guru and lead blogger and founder of the popular blog Zen Habit found online at zenhabits.net and we'll be right back on Green Talk Radio. Hey everyone, we're back on Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly talking today with blogger Leo Babota. He's a simple living and productivity guru, author, and the lead blogger for the popular blog Zen Habits found online at zenhabits.net. Leo, we were talking before the break about the history and the story of Zen Habits and how you've been um, contributing to the personal productivity community through helping people live more simply and uh, learn to be happier with living with less. I wanted to switch gears a little bit, talk specifically about consumerism, and I know that's been a subject of some of the editorial on your site. What do you see being or do you see there being problems with consumerism and mass consumption? Well, I mean, personally, I, I um, first of all, I'm, I'm guilty of it just as much as anyone else. So I don't want to sound like I'm preaching to, to people, but um, I see it in my own life and I see it in the lives of others um, where we get it caught up in, in consumerism and, and mass consumption and um, the idea that we want more all the time. You know, we, we see some, an ad for something and we want to go and buy it right away um, or we, we fill our house with possessions and and uh, ends up being clutter that we don't use and, and it doesn't make us happy. And I, I re- realized that a while ago, um, but it takes, it's, it's not like you can just change your lifestyle right away. So I, I started to try and change things one step at a time and basically figure out what really makes me happy. Um, and it turns out, and at least for me, that the most important things, the things that make me most happy are free. I mean, that's, I mean, I think, Probably the, uh, that's been a little bit cliche, but uh, can you give some examples yeah. of that? Well, I, okay. One thing I always tell people when they want to simplify their lifestyle is make a short list of four to five things that are most important to you, the essential list. And um, and so for me, the I, it's very simple. I, the four things that are most important to me that I want to fill my life with are number one, spending time with my family. Number two, writing. That's what I'm really passionate about. Number three, reading, which is something I just really enjoy doing. And number four, um, running. So spending time with my family, writing, reading, and running. And that's my short list. Um, not, almost none of those things cost you know anything. And they all make me very happy. And if my day is filled with just those four things, you know, I've had a great day. Um, and I don't need to buy stuff to do that. Um, and, and so what I've learned is that you can buy things all the time, and I have, and uh, spend a lot of money and probably get them to a lot of debt, but it doesn't necessarily make you happier. And so uh, if you focus on what's truly important and learn that it doesn't cost money to, to, to be happy, you can get out of that cycle of consumerism and, and debt 
And I personally was in a lot of debt. Um, and it took me a few years, um, but you know, as of I think January this year, 2008, I uh, was able to finally get out of debt and um, it was a liberating feeling. And I think you know, too many of us are caught up in that debt and, and it becomes something that's you know, a burden, a pressure on us. And um, it's hard to be happy when you have that kind of debt hanging over your head. And so freeing myself of that debt getting out of the cycle of spending and getting into debt and, and working more to pay for that debt. And, you know, it just, it wasn't something that I wanted. And I, I suggest to others to, to try to get out of that cycle, to get out of debt, stop spending so much and focus on what's really important. And make, make your list of, of what is important. Yeah. I call it the short list or your uh, list of essentials. And it's really what you're passionate about, what you love. And it could be people, it could be, work that you love, a hobby, um, you know, just uh, a pastime, anything. And that's what you want to fill your life with. And the rest of the stuff is what I call non-essential, you know, and you can try and slowly eliminate as much of that as, as you possibly can. It's, you can't eliminate all the non-essential stuff because, you know, you still got to pay your bills and stuff like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you can make room in your life for those essential things, you've created probably, you know, a lifestyle that you want. So that's what I've done, and, and a lot of other people have done it too, and I think it, it's a recipe for happiness and success. Now, switching gears a little bit to talk about the environmental aspects of, of this philosophy of living, um, how would you say that living with less and simplifying your life can be helpful to in an environmental sense? Well, um, the, you first have to look at the effects of mass consumerism, um, on the environment and you know when we buy so much stuff um you know there's a cost to that environmentally and we all know that i mean there's manufacturing shipping retail it all that all has costs in terms of uh, energy pollution uh use of natural resources and it's unsustainable the level that we consume uh goods I mean, uh, it's just at a global level, you can't sustain that level of consumption because there's not enough resources on, on Earth. And, and I think people are becoming more aware of that in the last couple of years. Uh, people realize we just can't sustain this and we have to cut back a little less, maybe uh, use less gas. And, um, you know, I think people are becoming more aware of the, the effects of our lifestyles on, on the planet. And so people want to change. They just aren't always sure how to do that or, or maybe are feeling that it's too hard. But in my experience, you know, you can cut back. And that's, to me, if, if everyone did that, if everyone cut back a little bit and spent less, bought less, um, and consumed less, you know, that would be a more sustainable economy, um, both, you know, locally and globally. And um, I think... You know, just the the act of reducing how much you consume is a big step, you know, towards a, a more sustainable global lifestyle. Now, Leo, I understand that you helped start uh, Blog Action Day, which was a a day where bloggers got together based on cause uh, the cause of the environment um, on October fifteenth of two thousand seven, and then there was a, another one um, this year as well. And uh, our Green Living Ideas. Uh, .com, my site, and many other blogs participated in that. Can you tell us the story about that? 
Well, uh, first of all, I don't want to take full credit for it. It was uh, actually the brainchild and, and baby of uh, a friend of mine named Collis Taid, and he's a, a blogger out of Australia who, who um, him and his wife actually, Cyan uh, Taid, uh, the two of them started a freelance switch, which if you're a freelancer, you're probably familiar with that, um, as well as a bunch of other uh, pretty cool sites. And Collis had the idea of Blog Action Day, which is one day a year, which is October 15th, um, try and get as many bloggers as possible to talk about one topic. And the first year, which was 2007, um, the topic was the environment. And so we, the two of us, uh, along with some other people who were helping out, set out to get you know, as many bloggers as possible to agree to, to sign up and talk about, or post about that topic for that one day. And so we were actually pretty successful. I think there was more than 20,000 bloggers who signed up for that, for the 2007. Wow. And yeah, 20,000 people, bloggers, reaching um, probably 20 million readers. It's fantastic. Uh, and, and so our idea was you change the conversation for one day. Um, and changing that conversation gets people talking about it, gets them thinking about it. And, and once you start changing the conversation, you start changing the way people think. And when you change the way people think, you change their actions. And that, to me, is really powerful. And, and maybe it was one day of talking about something and then everyone forgets about it. But I think it, um, it sent an important message out that a lot of people do care about this. And, and uh, it got people thinking about it. There were lots of great uh, posts about solutions, about things that people could do. And it was... To me, it was a really energizing and uh, you know fantastic event, and I was just glad to be a part of it. Uh, Collis contacted me, so I, I'm kind of a co-founder, and I helped sign a lot of people up. But like I said, I think he deserves a lot of credit for creating it, and um, it was it was great. This year we talked about poverty, and so next year there's going to be um, another topic. But uh, I think it's all it's all related poverty and. and the environment are both very interrelated. So very it's much. great to get so many people talking about this and, and it showed that there's a lot of interest in this. Now, Leo, I want to hit you up for some tips here. This is one of the things that I always offer guests an opportunity to do is to share tips with listeners. And specifically, I had two areas I, I wanted to ask you about tips for. One was just living with less. What, what are some of the tips you would have for people that are saying, I want to live a simpler lifestyle? How, where can I start? Well, as, as I mentioned, the place to start is with a short list of four to five things that are essential um, to your life, and then start to create room for those, those uh, important things by eliminating other things. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the simplified version. <laughs> but you can, uh, there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, evaluate your commitments. What, what do you have going on in your life, not only with work, but your home, your civic commitments, maybe your parts of different uh, groups or uh, maybe you have kids activities or your own hobbies or side businesses, other projects, things, all those things are all commitments. Anything that you say yes to that's on your schedule is a commitment. And so are they in line with the, the, your short list, your four to five important things? And if not, try to slowly drop those commitments and make more room in your life. Because I, you know, I've experienced myself and I think most people have where you overcommit yourself. You don't realize you're doing it because you just say yes to one thing, but pretty soon you're, you know, 
your schedule is overpacked and you're, you don't have time for anything. I would be the, I would be the poster child for that problem. Yes. (laughs) I think we all are. I think it just happens. It's just like how you fill your house up with, with possessions. You don't go out and buy them all in one day, but eventually when one thing at a time, Oh, I need that. Or yes, you know, I'll take that. And eventually your house is full of stuff and you don't realize how you, how it got that way (laughs) and you don't know how to change it. It's the same thing with your life. It becomes full of stuff. And it's just one little thing at a time. Yes, I'll go to that party or yes, I'll be on that committee. Yes, I'll take on this, uh, you know, volunteer project. Um, yes, I'll, you know, go to your thing. But at the end of the day, you don't you said yes to too many things and you don't you didn't realize it. So it takes just like you, you um, filled up your life with commitments. It takes time to get out of them and you have to learn how to say no and basically be willing to disappoint people sometimes. <laughs> but uh, you say, you know, I just, I'm sorry, I have too much going on in my, on my life right now and I need to, um, I need to back out of this and I'm, I apologize for that. But, you know, I just have to, I don't, I can't commit to this right now. Um, other things are uh, simplify your to-do list. Look at your list of stuff to do and say, you know what, I can't get all of this done. Uh, It'll never get. I'll I'll never get all of that done. So what can I get done? What do I really want to get done? And so each day, what I do, and what I suggest other people do, is look at your to-do list and figure out what are the top three things that you want to get done today. If you only did three things, if you only did these three things, would you be happy with your accomplishment? And what are the top three things that are going to make the most impact on your life, your career, your business? and focus on those three things. That's your short list for the day. And if you if you focus on those three three things first before you get into email and other distractions and get those three things done, you've had a great day and you might get them done in the first few hours. And then you can make another short list if you want to or go home and take a nap. So Yeah. Um, now what do you think it is that keeps us from that? Do you think it's this sort of this eternal superhero complex that we might have that we're gonna do more and we don't want to put that down? You know, like what keeps people from doing that? Is it that they don't want to admit that they're not gonna get everything done that they might imagine in some sort of wild fantasy part of their mind? Or well, what do you think it is? It's not necessarily a wild fantasy. I think I mean it is definitely like you said, hard to admit that we can't do everything. But I think also in our minds we tend to overestimate how much we can do and underestimate how much time things take. And I think we all do that. And it's basically, you know, you say, okay, I'll do this today, this, 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 and this, and you have 10 things on your list. But if you really look at what you've done each day, um, rarely do you get those 10 things done. And what that turns into is you take those things and you push them out back on your calendar or continue over in your next to-do list. And, um, and you feel guilty about it because you didn't get all your stuff done. Um, so that I think is, first of all, trying to take on too much ends up being ineffective and stressful. Um, and also the, the cycle of guilt of not getting it all done is not very, um, not very good for you. <laughs> so what I suggest is again, simplify your list, focus on just a few things. If you can get those three things done, and um, and you want to do more, great. But if you, if you only end up doing those three things, then at least you're you're happy with your accomplishment. And um, and again, start uh, out of those three things. Start with the most important thing, and maybe it's the thing you've been putting off or the you're procrastinating on or dreading doing. But if you get that thing done first, 
then the rest of the stuff is easy. Um, so uh, there's all, a lot of other uh, tips. Actually, if you go to Zen Habits and, and look, click on the category Simplify, um, I've got a, a ton of articles on it. Uh, one article has 72 different ideas, anything from learning how to say no to um, limiting your me- consumption of media, including TV, radio, internet, magazines. I'm not saying eliminate it, because uh, obviously uh, Green Talk Radio is great. But, uh, but you, you know, got to step away every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, just, just figure out what you really love watching or, or consuming and just elim- I mean, focusing on that and, and trying to cut back on a little bit. Sometimes I go on a media fast where I don't watch TV or read anything for a week. And to me, actually, I get a lot more done. Yeah. And, uh, and life is a lot better for me during that week. But usually I go back and uh, to my old habits after that. But it, it does teach you that you don't really need all of that stuff every single day. And so you can limit. I like to purge uh, my stuff and declutter my house and my desk and my, at my work. And so that I um, have a really uncluttered uh, household. I'm a I'm very big fan of uh, minimalism. And so in my house, you never see anything on the floor besides the furniture. Um, I don't have anything on the countertops. And so I, I really like that look of just not a lot of stuff, a really uncluttered look. And so I regularly go and purge everything that I have. Now, me, um, I have to ask you a question since I know you're a father of six. How do you get your family to cooperate with that? Because that's my challenge. I'm, a, I'm just like you. I don't want it. But you know, the kitchen island just you know, after four hours after being cleaned is just completely uh, covered. Uh, <laughs> how do you deal with that? Oh, uh, a lot of coercion. Um, and <laughs> Bribes? Sharp, blunt blunt uh, tools. No, um, really, I, I, first of all, uh, I'm really lucky in that my wife is uh, on board with, with uncluttering, every, decluttering everything. And she's um, like me, where we, we really like an uncluttered lifestyle. And of course, our kids are not like that. So there's a little bit of a struggle there. But we, um, we've learned some, some things. Uh, first of all, we kind of you know, they have their clutter and, and we kind of, you know, let that be in their room. So it's out of sight. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but in the living room, you know, we, we don't, and the kitchen, we don't really allow as much of that. Although, you know, you have kids, you're going to have some, some of that. So you have to learn to pick your battles. Um, but at the same time, we, we've, uh, we try and teach our kids the values that you can only play with so many toys. Um, you know, so you can, you only need so much stuff. And after that, it's just a bunch of junk that you have to dig through to find the stuff you want to play with. And so we've, uh, kind of been teaching that, them that a little bit from the time they were young, or at least the last few years, some of them are older. And so it's harder to change their habits, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we go through like right now it's, um, Christmas time. Um, and you know, we know they're going to get a whole bunch of gifts, not only from us, but from family and friends. And so we like to go through their stuff and make room for the stuff that's going to be coming in and the stuff they don't play with. You know, they actually are are happy because we um, go down as a family and donate that to charity. And they realize that that stuff is going to be that they don't use is going to be used by people who probably want it more and and benefit good causes. So that's something that you kind of teach your kids over time. And it's not something they're going to learn overnight and you kind of do it slowly and and uh, you know, manageable chunks, but, um, they realize that they really don't 
play with all of that stuff. And so it's not really that, that difficult to get rid of stuff. But yeah, again, you got to choose your battles and sometimes you have to kind of ease up a little bit on um, uh, my, your OCD or, or whatever it is that <laughs> right. you might have. <laughs> Take a deep breath and relax yeah. a little bit. Well, yeah. I'm gonna, on my side, I'm going to have my family listen to this podcast after it's done being recorded and <laughs> hopefully get some support that way because, hey, Leo said this, so we should do it, so that's great. Well, Leo, listen, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the program today, sincerely, and really inspiring. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It's, it's an honor to be on the show, and um, I, I've enjoyed the conversation. So I, I hope people um, do check it out and uh, go to zenhabits.net. Um, and I do have a book coming out again at the end of the month, uh, December 30th. It's called The Power of Less. And um, if you go to Zen Habits, I'll be sure to announce it there. And I think everyone will enjoy it. Great. And I highly recommend subscribing to Leo's newsletter because I know of what I speak. I've been a subscriber for some time. You'll get a lot of value out of it. And Leo, would that book also be available on Amazon and typical online booksellers? Yeah, it'll be available um, through Amazon, Borders, Barnes & Noble, and, and pretty much everywhere. It's, it's going to be in the actual uh, bookstores. And, uh, of course you can buy it from my site. So, <laughs> yeah, well, great. Well, we wish you certainly much success with the book as well as uh, continued success with the blog, which again is zenhabits.net. My guest today again has been Leo Babota. He's a simple living and productivity guru and the lead blogger and founder of the popular blog Zen Habits. Leo, thanks again. Thank you, Sean. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.